Welcome back to another episode of Pushing Back Chaos with me, Paul Mellon McFadden. Has Raf just dropped out? He did. What the hell did he do? He fucking he pushed the wrong button. You had to stop it. You're gonna have to get him back on again. Hold on. We'll see if we'll let him back in or whatever. We'll see if he if he tries. What a I'm dumbass. not surprised. I'm not surprised given he's... what what has transpired this early morning. You know, he's just when you start a recording on Zoom, people. A little box comes up so that someone can't sneak one, sneak one past you, and you've got to agree that it's recording. And next to it's leave meeting, and <laughs> Raf's just clicked on the leave meeting button right at the start. <laughs> well, there might be a reason for that. Hey, Mike. Yeah, yeah, something happened. So today's Friday, and we figured it. You know, this is the best time to match up for all of us, and. We put out a time and we all give each other a thumbs up. You know, this is nothing new. We talk about this probably weekly, you know, that we're not perfect, but we try to maintain the timeline. Well, uh, Raph's on vacation. He's he's down visiting some family. So that's great. We're not going to knock him for that. But, hey, we're like plus or minus five around the, the initial time frame. Like, you know, the show isn't a huge priority when it comes to like other things like work and family and stuff. So five, five minutes late is a lot already. Five, we're not five minutes late. We're all pretty fucking on time. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. Right. Well, I'm going to keep Raph out for a second while we should talk and then I'll bring him in. <laughs> but uh, anyways, we were supposed to meet and 44 minutes later, I finally get a hold of Raph on a phone call and it's like, did I miss it? Oh no. You know, kind of thing. And he knew exactly what happened that he was late. So now I'm going to, I'm going to let him come onto the show. I'm going to hit the button and he's going to come in and then we're going to one, you're going to see a guilty face and then two, you're going to hear some bullshit. So here we go. <laughs> oh my God. This is what we have to put up with. You'd think after 126 episodes that clicking on the right button would be sort of second nature to this by now, but no. He's not even showing his face. He's so ashamed. So that's how you spell his name. Make sure you look at it. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a uh, a word that goes in the middle in parentheses. It starts with a C. <laughs> so uh, I'll, gonna, that, I'll leave that to the imagination. I thought you were going to say Slowpoke. You know, it's Slowpoke Gonzalez from this, the Speedy Gonzalez. It's his cousin. He's not Speedy. That's his uh, yeah, alter that, ego. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The ego. Oh, so man. We, while we're waiting for him to stop fucking it away, he's obviously not using audio or video or whatever he's not doing. How have you been, Mike? What's your week been like? Uh, week's been pretty good, man. It's it's abnormally very warm here on the East Coast. I know we're talking about weather, but it's 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 mid February and it's like. Uh, it was 75 degrees yesterday. So I don't know what that is in, uh, what is that like 20, 27 Celsius, something like that. Oh. It's, it's a nice day. It's a really nice day. So yeah, it was like t-shirt and shorts weather going out for a nice long run, you know, just kind of chilling and, uh, work was good. And this weekend actually is a four day weekend for me, which I'm not going to complain about. But it's Super Bowl weekend here in the United States. So for people on show you, Super Bowl 57, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles, the wrong side of Pennsylvania, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it's Super Bowl weekend and lots of uh, 
lots of beer, lots of food everywhere, and should be a fun weekend, to say the least. Mate, I know that whenever we have the Australian Rules, the Australian Rules football grand final in Australia is probably the biggest sporting event, I'd say, or one of the biggest in Australia. And there's, yeah, everyone gets together, barbecues and beers and good times. Normally they're one-sided games, though. They're not normally really good matches, you know. Sort of by the time they get there, there's nearly always one that dominates. Is it is it somewhat similar in the uh, NFL, or you, do you guys typically get good games? Uh yeah, yeah. I would say by that time, it's the best teams playing the best teams. You know, you get to there, and I would say the playoffs so far have been like pretty good games, and uh, you know, everybody always has their opinion because if their if their team's not in it, then who cares? And you know, but I'm a fan of football. I love the com- competition. I love the schematics of it. Uh, you know, that whole thing. And then just like the coaching aspect of it too. I, I really appreciate different coaches and how they lead and the cultures that they have. It's, it's really cool because I mean, like anywhere else, the, the team and the culture are everything. Like, mm. you know, the, the values, the, the characteristics that they, that they bring, uh, the standards that they have how the coaches act, how the players uh, communicate with each other. And uh, I like that aspect of it. And I'm a, I'm a fan of football first before I'm a fan of a team. And right. uh, it just helps me appreciate some of the games a little bit deeper, if that makes sense. Mate, makes total sense. I love I love a heavy, uh, heavy contact team sport. I think that that's, you know, Values and and so on from the coaches and you know the leadership of the of the club down or the organization down always manifests. Like I I, I really believe in uh, team culture that leads to dominant periods of success. That those teams have cracked something and figured something out. And when you look under the lid, there's always something special that can be learned and transferred into military or civilian life, family life from those teams that are able to put it together for an extended period of time. Yep. I think there's, there's nearly always something about, you know, the human condition and character and effort and camaraderie and stuff that's been cracked. Just trying yeah. to get back on. Yeah. I mean, you said it, it's talking about character, you know, and, and that's kind of, you know, really what we're going to talk about today is, as far as the topic, um, but before that, speaking uh, of reputation, reputation and character, um, welcome to the show, Rap. Where you been? Let's just say uh, I have not been having my best my best morning. <laughs> <laughs> We're sixty eight minutes. We're plus sixty eight minutes on our original RV time. Welcome, welcome, Tio. How are you, mate? I'm good, man. I'm good. <laughs> I, I interrupted Mike, though. Please continue. In the corner of your eye there, Tia, is that sand or tears? Yeah. No, there's no tears. Not for you guys. I would never waste tears on YouTube. <laughs> See you next Tuesdays. Oh, man. No, Raph, we were talking about, you know, the week, but this weekend, and we were talking about a Super Bowl weekend and what that's like in the United States, and Mellon was sharing, uh, you know, was it the rugby rugby yeah. down in australia kind of their equivalent to the super bowl which i know we've talked about on a few episodes he's like oh yeah we're going here 
you know, Mellon's a huge fan of the Wallabies. You know, he he hopes the Wallabies win every 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 year in Australia. So uh, after the Super Bowl, we'll see what happens, and then we'll move on to uh, rugby. Cheer for Mellon. We were just talking there, Raph, about like teams that are able to have like success for a period of time, a, a, a dominant period. Normally, I think in every case, when you look under the lid, there's the the management and the coaching and the players have figured out something about the human condition. You know, they've got something figured around character, work ethic, values, camaraderie, and so on. That I, I don't think you can get a sustained period of dominance without. Thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, more importantly, I have no idea who's playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Um, just a uh, Kansas yeah, City not, Chiefs and the bad part of the bad part of Pennsylvania. Oh shoot, the uh, the Eagles, huh? Or what are they like? The Chicken Hawks or the what are they? Like the Ravens or something or the? So Raph is not our sports guy, even though I've taken him to an NFL game before to experience it. Everybody's in, which is kind of funny. So we showed up to. I took him to a Steelers game, and we're all there. And everybody's wearing, you know, football jerseys and like whatever. Raph shows up like he's there for like uh, a pinata hitting or something. And he's got on this like Harry Potter scarf and his hat and like not dressed for football at all. And he's like whistling. I don't know. Can you whistle in cholo? Is that possible? But no, I can't. But can I remind the listeners that I am a grown ass man and I don't put another man's name or jersey or number on my back because that's just weird. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> can I just can we just say that out loud? I mean, honestly, there's something really weird about a grown ass man obsessing over another man. I mean, so the, much so, unless it's baby Jesus or my son, I'm not putting anybody's name on my back. That's a good yeah, attempt, I would say, of being a cover for dressing like Harry Potter at a football game. But sure, I, I think I think it's honorable, Raph. I appreciate it. I, I understand where you're coming from. I was also dressed like Harry Potter because it was like minus 47 degrees in Pittsburgh. <laughs> it was freezing. So I, I literally layered up with everything I own. <laughs> you have that California layer on. Yeah. Did he get there on time? No. No. Oh. Well, baby Raph, he loves eat. The thing is, Raph is back with his folks having a visit and he's back in the family home and the smells and the cooking, no doubt he's got a belly full of carbohydrates in the form of burrito bread. And uh, <laughs> and his little head his little head hit the pillow and he went off to the land of Nod. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys are trying to disparage my good name. I literally thought we we're going to do this at like 8 o'clock local time. So I was like, I don't have to set an alarm. And, it's, and I, just like I told you guys offline, as soon as that phone call rang, I was like, fuck. I was like, I know exactly who that is. <laughs> oh, like, so good. What's, what's good is that it's been the same time for a few weeks now, so it's not like it's a mystery, however. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do you, Melon, do you want to tell them about the sacrifice that's been coming out of my schedule versus yours? <laughs> oh, oh just shift fire, shift fire. <laughs> He's not happy at all, is he? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> talk about the, the times you've been, you guys have been making me wake up versus Melon sleeping in with apricot peels and gloves full of lotion. <laughs> cucumber on my eyes yeah yeah i thought we could probably after 11 minutes of band to get on with the the show and mike you had the idea of, of the show today talking about reputation character how those things tie together but specifically about reputation 
Um, you know, there's a bit of a, a society where we've got these people that everyone aspires to be now, these influencers. You know, you ask the teenagers what they want to do when they grow up and they're all talking about influencing people. And you're like, what the freaking hell is going on here? And I really feel like there's a, a like a mass movement on earth that you, you actually don't have to, you don't actually have to do any of the hard work. You don't need a character ethic to build a reputation. You can just post something online and get your five minutes of fame and have something go viral. I reckon people have this thought. In any case, um, Mike, you had the thought around the topic. So what, what were your thoughts around what you wanted to explore here on the topic of reputation? Yeah, reputation, man, that has come up over the past week, just in passing uh, conversations at work and, you know, just just within a friend circle, actually. <clears throat> and there was a couple certain instances and, and then it kind of popped, you know, I was listening to uh, a few podcasts when I was at the gym and I th- I think I texted it out as soon as I heard it. And I was like, oh man, I think that would, you know, we, we should definitely talk about that. It's It's not a new topic, but for here, it's the first time we really dove into it. And I was like, Hey, what do you guys think about doing reputation and talking about earning it versus like skipping, skipping it, like skipping the steps to, to obtain a, a title or some type of, uh, you know, end state. And we all agreed. And I, my notes that I have on it, there was a one phrase that kind of came up and me personally, I don't agree with it because of this reason. And when I hear, you know, skipping the hard in order to obtain something fake it until you make it pops in my head and i don't like that i've never liked that uh and you hear people it's like oh if you don't know how to do something fake it till you make it and i understand like a a part of it is just like hey if you're not successful then dress like it and you'll feel better about yourself and like the psychological part of it like i i can understand that but when it comes to long-term growth and development, you you have to do the hard. Like there's no, there's no faking anything. I mean, you can, and that's what Melon's talking about this whole social media movement. You know, the number one thing that kids in high school are talking about, what do you want to be when you grow up? They're saying, I want to be an influencer. That is one to me, that's extremely alarming Two. My question to them is, what the hell are you going to influence me about? Video games or, you know, you woke up and what you ate for breakfast or oh, what you learned at school today. There, you you don't have life experience yet on, on the things I need. Right. It's just like that might be a long term goal. If a kid came out and he's like, yeah, I want to be an influencer when I'm 60 years old and I've lived a full life. And I know actually what I'm talking about and have experiences in life, love, work you know, go down the list, I'd be like, hey, that's a great goal to be an influencer slash mentor, maybe a life coach when you're like 60 years old and you actually have shit to back back yourself up against. Uh, a, a young kid, uh, no thanks. And, and they're like a dime a dozen or more like a dozen a dozen because everybody freaking does it. But I th- I thought we could break it down and look at it for what it is. Your reputation what are the benefits of earning it? So if I choose to earn everything that I have and learn, what are the benefits? But then what are some of the hard truths? I don't want to say negatives, but the hard truths about earning it. 
And then we'll turn it around and we'll say, what are some of the benefits of skipping the hard stuff and just trying to, you know, throw, throw a coat of paint over it and make yourself look fancy. But then also too, what are the hard truths that are going to come from that as well, from skipping a lot of steps that are required. So go ahead, Melons, kick it off, man. All right. So reputation, what does it mean to people? I've I've seen it defined as a widespread belief about a person or a, a, an object or a brand, perhaps that it has it has certain characteristics. So you might think of you know a high quality brand of a vehicle or an, an aircraft. Raph and I might think of Boeing or Pratt and Whitney engines, for example, and be like, right, they've got a really great reputation, Rolls Royce engines. Or you might think of some uh, pretty average, like cheap watches or cheap components for cars and you're like, I wouldn't want to put that on my own car because of the reputation that it has. And it comes from, so reputation comes from the Latin word reputare, which is to think over. And so it's got to do with just how people picture you, who you are in the minds of other people as like, not just an individual, but as a group, uh, a collective identity. And we're going to have a reputation in your any relationship you've got that's more than, I don't know, a couple of months old. So there's going to be reputation you're going to have professionally. There's going to be reputation inside your family with long-term friends, with your uh, life or significant partner, clearly. And I, I agree with what you're talking about there, uh, Mike. I'm a firm subscriber in the whole character ethic versus perfect personality ethic, which is what Stephen Covey sort of, used his words back in the day before social media and these influencer sort of stuff that the stuff that is difficult to do that, that comes under the auspices of character that takes a long time and incremental change. They're the only, that's the only stuff that's going to bring you a life of meaning and satisfaction and fulfillment. And you're going to have a certain reputation attached to that. And then there's going to be the other people as he defined them with the personality ethic where they've got like, techniques or systems and so on that are focused on a facade and they might work with someone for a short period of time, like maybe in one sale, for example, where you, you know, you sort of, you bullshit someone, but the long-term stuff's always going to come out. I'm really a firm believer that there's that idea of faking it to you make it. I get, I get it as well. What you're saying there of, you know, sometimes you do have to just get yourself in the groove and, Mm-hmm. grind out some reps even when you're not feeling comfortable but I really I really resist that whole idea of fake it till you make it and I'm big on you know you've got to there's no shortcuts in the end like Raf and I are not going to want to fly with a guy who has a bad reputation like in an aviation profession the first one we're going to have is your reputation for safety so your ability to get the job done knowing the rules and the limits and operating within them. There's going to be your reputation for excellence, your uh, your work ethic, and stuff like attention to detail. All of those things are built up slowly. You know, there's some quotes like Benjamin Franklin said, it takes many good deeds to build a good reputation and only one bad one to lose it. And I think there's a lot to be said in that, in that, you know, you've just got to have these things become habitual, which is the character ethic type thing, so that you're doing them in all situations. Because I think when you have like a group of people who hold a certain opinion of you, it's going to be pretty accurate most of the time. 
And there's, in my profession, in Raph's profession, if we all know who the, you know, those guys who cut corners or girls who cut corners to get the job done or they try and BS it, but they don't really have the deep systems knowledge or they don't have the deep understanding of the procedures and standard operating uh, parameters and stuff. That reputation, it's like that's all you have at a, at a certain point. That widespread belief of who you are and, and what you're going to be like in a pressure situation, at the end of the day, that's all we have. So I'm a real believer in grafting away and doing all of the small things that are necessary. And when you make a mess, which we're all going to do, that you've got to take the initiative and go and rectify it, take the un, un, unpopular or, or the, the, the steps that are not necessarily going to appeal to you to go and sort those things out and own, own the areas where you've made a mess of it. There's one other quote I'll just throw, which is Socrates' quote, which is the way to gain a good reputation is to endeavour to be what you desire to appear. So, again, it's like if you want a good reputation in a certain area, the only way to do it from Socrates, we're talking one of the pillars of Western civilization here, is by being. It's not in there about faking it or having a superficial facade or, you know, trying to fool people. It's just you got to manifest the thing and it's going to take you a, a, a period of time. Raph, you were going to jump in with something there? Yeah, that's, uh, that's actually a really good um, kind of vantage point on, on the, the whole thing about, you know, building a reputation, the importance of it. And I, I think I'm a thousand percent on your side, um, even though I shouldn't be. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just kidding. Um, no, legitimately, I think that um, reputation should be hard earned. And I think that's kind mm -hmm. of why people kind of go into that fake it until you make it or, you know, and I was just going to say, you know, there's been a lot of so societal norms that have shifted in our in our lifetime. I mean, I, I know the things that were important when I was a kid are drastically different um, in, in, in our society uh, compared to the things that are, I think, a lot I would just say the masses, at least that's the sense that I get. I mean, I'm not a sociologist. So I, I don't really know, but just the sense that I get, the things that seem to be um, being spoken about and things that seem to get all the attention is like this, this, um, the shift to where, like, I feel like when I was younger, if you, if you had said, Hey, what's the definition of, and I'm kind of going off a tangent here, but I, I think that the shift in societal norms is part of why, they've kind of given some room to this whole fake it till you make it versus just, you know, telling everyone like, Hey man, just build your reputation, you know, put your nose in the grindstone and just keep moving. And eventually you'll reach that point versus now it's like, well, just, you don't necessarily have to do all the hard work, just kind of act like you know what you're doing and eventually it'll just catch up, which is just a weird thing to even say out loud. But I think, you know, when I was a kid, if you ask somebody, you know, define power, power and success or someone point to someone who's powerful and successful. Clearly you would point to someone who has um, a, a bit of pull, right? Um, not necessarily like a businessman, but someone who might have money or might have some sort of sway. But with that would also come like, it would be cloaked in like someone who has, who is approachable and has done quite a bit for philanthropy and people and, and things around them, right? Like 
power and success back in the day seemed to be like someone who had resources, access to resources, but did something good with it. And I feel mm. like if you compare that to today's definition of power and success, it's just literally someone who's got money or who's got who's got the ability to get people's attention. But really, it's almost like they left out that whole thing about even doing anything good with it. Um, and that's dangerous, right? Because money and resources aren't everything. Like, you have to be able to impact your surroundings positively. And and if you're not really doing that with you, when you have the ability to, then I, in my book, at least, and I know in the way we grew up, you know, 20, 30 years ago, um, you're not really powerful or successful. I mean, you might have money, but I wouldn't define you as being powerful and successful. But unfortunately, though, I feel like we've shifted to where that's kind of the focal point. It's like, how much money is that person making? How many followers does that person have? Um, you know, how many viral videos, like, it's just, it's just, it's superficial kind of, I mean, it is tangible. I mean, like I said, it's, it's videos, it's, it's whatever it's clicks, it's tangible, but it's not really, there's no depth. There's no, there's no really like no purpose behind it. Yeah. Alan. You, I reckon you touched on something really interesting there with a the definition of um, success and power influence as a, as a positive and having in that, that you have to have at least some part of that being focused on the people. And I feel like you can also see people have a reputation and you can have this in an organization where people are really focused on the output or the productivity and they just, they just grind the people. They don't, it does not occur to them to look after those people. And that's another really large aspect of uh, reputation, you know, and if you're not someone who's able to hold it in the middle with a balance, both for the people and the, output it's very difficult to get long-term success because once you lose the goodwill or the best efforts of the people that the output is going to fall there's no you're not going to have all those little hundreds of innovations and um, solutions that people need to to generate to get any organization functioning when the people know that the or their, their feeling is the reputation of the people at the top is they're only focusing on output and productivity so I think that you're really touching on something there, Raph, where, you know, if you're focused only on the numbers and you forget about the people, that is going to be a really powerful uh, impact on your ability long-term to generate results. And a large part of that is going to be your reputation. And no one wants to work for those people. Go so, ahead. well, oh, go ahead, Raph. I was just going to finish my thought. And the the reason I kind of started thinking about this when you guys were all talking about this is because if you notice that the vernacular that we're using in today's society, like YouTube or Twitter, all this stuff, everything is about quickness and accelerated and life hacks and biohacks. I mean, if if you pull up any sort of YouTube video right now, I'll guarantee you within the first three seconds, it'll be like how to grow your biceps bigger, how to do this faster, how to like, how to save time by do- like, everything's about like instant gratification. It's like, the idea to even sit back. That's why when somebody think about it, that's why when somebody comes out of like the shadows or comes out of the cave and they've been doing whatever it is that they've been doing, they've been doing for 20 years. No one's known about it. It's almost like you don't even want to believe it because the idea of someone going out and just being the solitary human and just working on that craft and then kind of coming out whenever they, whether when they're more than ready, um, it's so foreign to us now. Whereas I think, again, I think it was always the norm in our, in our species. And then now everything is kind of catered towards instant gratification, instant, um, 
it's like everything, you know, instant coffee, instant success, instant everything, biohack. Like I said, it's all about like quickness and accelerated. And, um, and so that's always like, yeah, that there's definitely been a shift. Like that's the norm. Now. So the idea of even like building reputation will take time. There's no, there's no way around it. Like you have to master that craft in order for people to be like, ah, that person is really good at that thing. But that thing that you do, it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. And we've got like as a societal norm, we've gotten away from that. So of course now the substitute is fake it till you make it, which is nothing but bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Great points, Rap. And, and I think, you know, I, I want to jump in to one comparison to it and earning it versus skipping it, right? And when you think about reputation, what really is reputation? It's the view of those around you about yourself. It's about other people, right? You take away other people. It's not, you don't really have a reputation because you're by yourself. Nothing matters at that point. If, if you live on an island by yourself, you're not worried about anybody else. It's, it's all about you. So starting out, if you want a good reputation, you have to care about the people around you, right? It's, it's, it's pretty simple when you think about it that way. Um, and that's the difference is, you know, a benefit of earning a good reputation is it's about other people. You're not a selfish son of a bitch, right? <laughs> There's certain times to be selfish, sure, and take care of yourself and, and, and all that. Absolutely. Self-maintenance, right? But then if, when you skip it around and it's just like, well, I don't want to work on that. I just want to skip it. And then you're saying, okay, so now it's not about your reputation. It's all about you. It's not about you and your relationship with other people. It's all about you and what you come off of. Exactly what Raf said about social media, you know, and we always talk about like, oh, like everything you look at is look how big, look how big and strong I am. Look, look at my Pomeranian puppy. Look how great I look in this lingerie, you know, and it's just instant, instant, instant. It's just like, yeah, all you care about is you and your image. You don't care about other people, how they feel around you, uh, their, their confidence in you. Like if you're doing something like it's, it's very cut and dry for me. Um, some of the other benefits of, of going into earning it, earning a good reputation is you're going to gain confidence, right? It's like, Hey, I know what I'm capable of and understanding that capability. That's like, that's like taking a tool and putting it in your toolbox and be like, hey, I've experienced this. I've gone through it. I've processed it. Now I know I'm capable of handling this situation when it comes back, right? So you're understanding your capability. Another benefit is uh, you're learning consistency through action, right? Mm-hmm. So like anything, you have to work towards it, whether it's in 100 steps, whether it's in three, like whatever. You have to be consistent and stay on, like be consistency with your action while working towards the goal. Nobody wants a sporadic person working towards something where they're jumping from, you know, they're not going A, B to C. They're going like A to C, back to B, back to A, back to C, back to A. And there's just like no consistency there. It's like, dude, your reputation is that you are not organized. You don't, you can't, you can't commit to something and stay to it. You're always jumping around, you know, that sort of side. And then also too, another benefit of earning it is you're going to establish a really strong work ethic, right? That means like, if I look at your reputation, it's like, Hey, if you give this guy a, an objective, if you give him a task, if you give him a goal, He's going to sit there and he's going to plan it out. He's going to identify small goals to reach to it. And he's going to work hard to accomplish it. I know he will. It's like when you think about it in your life, 
Who's who's that person that you look to and you're just like, wow, I hope to be like that person one day. And they're just like this ins- inspiring person. I guarantee you it's more it's more than likely a person that's much older than you. Lots of life experience. They're they're not perfectly all cleaned up or whatever. I bet they have scars, whether they're physical, emotional, mental, whatever. They've been through some shit. But they still come out the other end as good people that care about others. They work hard. They're humble. They have humility. And it's just we're always attracted to that. Why are we attracted to people like that? There's a reason. Like, think about that. It's just like, man, I always look up to like, you know, like the the greatest generation, World War II. Like, look at the traits and values that those that generation had. And it's just like, man, I admire the shit out of you. Why do you admire it? Because, man, they went through it. There was no instant gratification through World War II with the Depression, with a world war going on, invading Europe and taking out the Nazis, the Japanese, and dealing out everything. It's like there was no shortcut. They were handed the long stick every single time. And they weren't complaining. They, you know, they, they weren't out there making excuses, trying to cut corners, trying to do whatever. They were just like, yep, this is it. That very stoic view. And they put their nose to the ground to the grindstone and just kept pushing. I admire the shit out of them. Their reputation as the greatest generation ever in the history of of this world so far uh, is well deserved for that reason. And then I flip it around. I look at like society today, and it's just like, what what the fuck are we doing? You, you know, like we've regressed so far from that mentality and what people want, what they think society is and this instant gratification. It's like, Oh no, that's hard. So I can just redirect and I can get it now. And then it's just like, well, your so your reputation means that you're not consistent. You don't like working hard. You think about more about yourself than helping others. Even when the task is hard, you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't want you around. I can't depend on you. Go ahead. Go ahead, Melon. I think you've hit some really um, great key points, both of you guys, just just now. There was, I think that there's a real focus now. There always has been, but more now than ever, on getting faster, immediate results. People want the get-rich-quick scheme. They want to know what is the trick with the diet. They want to know what is the tablet they can take to get the body transformation or, you know, what's the, the gift idea that's going to win over the heart of your partner or whatever. And all of these things are just a flash in the pan. You know, it's it's that idea that you can have things with just a trick or a technique, which, you know, maybe the modern world leads people thinking with stock markets and social media involved videos and stuff. But I think that anything that is going to last in life, you've got to approach it like a farmer. You know, like the farmer can't sit around all summer and then like, you know, come autumn, go, right, I'm going to go hustle now for two or three all-nighters and plant the seeds and grow the crops and get the harvest in. And you can't you can't do that with a relationship. And any any of these uh, areas for success, with family or profession or sporting teams or whichever group, they're all long-term relationships. Like you can't you can't BS, you can't bullshit your your wife. You can't you can't you know, have a system for manipulating the person you love to get by with just the minimum effort and and leave them still madly in love with you and willing to, you know, 
walk over crushed glass for you. So I think the way that we're thinking about stuff and those ideas of wanting the immediate result, very tempting in, in all areas, but I don't think there's any anyone who gets those short-term results that has sustained. And, and the ones who do have picked up habits and have started to do those reps. You know, there was a quote many episodes ago about you can't get someone else to do your push-ups for you. And it's exactly that idea, right? Like you can't... You can't fake having high-quality relationships and conversations based on integrity and then somehow end up with this amazing circle of people around you who, you know, you admire and respect who would do things for you who are just an amazing resource and are in your corner. And I think that goes to the heart of what we're talking about here. So I just wanted to highlight that temptation in our current society more than more than ever i think on the focus on i want the results now i want to have that i just click record take a photo of myself a selfie in a certain way things will go viral and millions will roll in and i don't ever have to actually do anything hard versus the idea of the farmer who knows they've just got to put consistent work in over the whole year and that there's a different type of work in different seasons but there's no time that you can put your feet up and coast and then have like the I'll cram for the exam the night before and still get an A because you can't do that with people. You couldn't do it with your mum. You couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Your mum knows who you are. Theo. Yeah. So we're we're mostly talking about things right now as far as I'm concerned, nothing that's really dangerous. Um, so if you if you try to skip to the head of the line without doing any of the work, a lot of this – a lot of the stuff, if it blows up in your face, it's not going to end you. But I, it did occur to me, there are a couple things where people have tried to kind of fake it till they make it, and it's and it's cost their lives. Um, I've spoken to a good friend, a good friend of mine, I've spoken to him in a while, but I remember him telling me that he had no idea he picked up base jumping, and he, he had no idea the number of deaths in that sport. Um, that were kind of, It's not that they were going unnoticed i mean obviously there's a government agency that collects the stats and you know you have if you want to go find them you can find them but he's like but the the i think the the misconception is if you turn on you know youtube or whatever tiktok and you you know look up base jumping skydiving you know the wingsuit flying it's all these cool videos with like a wall playing in the background and it's like it's really it just hypes you up and you think oh look at all these people they're all jumping off cliffs and landing safely on the other side and he's like the reality is not at all he's like the the number of people that get motivated by watching these videos and think oh i could just literally go from you know barely getting my um what do they call that mike the uh, accelerated free fall a triple f or aff uh, license they'll get a couple yeah they'll get a couple jumps on the rebel whatever they'll hit the bare minimums and then they're like i think i'm ready to start scott you know uh wingsuit diving and 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 again I get it, man. It hits all the emotions, you know, it hits all the feels when you're watching these videos and the music is right. And like the angles are cool. And you're like, I could totally do that. But they completely either deliberately or by accident, but they miss the fact that a lot of these people that do do it successfully um, have, have thousands of jumps, thousands of jumps. We're talking five to 10,000 of jumps under their belts. So by the time they got to the wingsuit, I mean, they were like, their airmanship was solid, right? It wasn't like they weren't, their, their learning curve wasn't as steep, so to speak. And then the other one that comes to mind is 
there was this famous moment back in like the mid to late 2000s. Um, it was Laird Hamilton and the towing crew and all these other guys. And there was this young Brazilian girl and it was like her second season and the big, big wave kind of season. And, you know, everyone's kind of lauding her because she was like, at the time she was like the youngest female surfer to, to like charge these 30, 40 foot waves. And I remember there was like a, they're, they're trying to be cordial about it. And they're like, well, you know, she might be a little inexperienced. She's like, it hasn't, and you know, I think it was Laird who said, he's like, look, it has nothing to do with age. It has to do with experience. He's like, we started doing this back in the eighties and we, it was a slow progression. Like we, we, we tried different tools. We did different things. We had lifeguards set at different positions. Like we really like diagnosed and carved this thing out and really just put safety first. And then we started you know, charging like 20 foot waves. Oh, if we can do 20 feet, maybe we can do 30 feet. And, you know, where she just was like, I can do 40 feet if the men can do 40. It's like this whole, you know, believe in yourself mentality. Well, it damn near cost her her life. Um, it was like her second season in. She caught this monster of a wave, totally ate plates of shit, started tumbling in, got caught underneath the wave, tore her like shoulder, her, it like somehow broke her arm. Her rescue team couldn't get to her. Um, it was just, I mean, literally the, the girl almost drowned. I think she was unconscious, to be honest with you. And of course, immediately it was like, wait a minute, you know, suddenly the, the conversation was like, when, when should you be allowed to be, I mean, it's a free, you know, no one's going to stop you in the surfing world, but it's like, there has to be a level of proficiency before you're just like, no, I think I'm ready. Like, no, I know your ego's telling you you're ready, but you're clearly you're not, you know? And again, if you compared her to, Laird Hamilton, I mean, and, and that whole towing crew, like uh, Derek Dorner and all these other famous guys, um, Dave Kalama, like these guys had been doing it since the late 80s. And the fame of what they were doing didn't really hit to like 2002, 2003, when they rode this massive wave in Chopu. Um, and here you've got this girl that literally just saw these videos in these magazines like, wait, I can do it. All you need is a strapping board and someone to tow you in. What, what can possibly go wrong in a 50 foot wave? Yeah. You know? But I, so that's the dangerous, like we're talking about, like, we're all talking about superficial stuff where like it blows up in your face and we all know you're a fraud. Like the liver King is a good example. Like he's been, you know, he's been taking steroids up to like $10,000 worth of steroids, right. To get his physique. And he's been lying to people the whole time about his nine ancestral tenants is just complete bullshit. It's like, he's, you know, he's a, he's a hack, but the point is this is all super, like, this isn't really going to kill anybody. But if you take that mentality of somewhere where we're, we're like the, the cost is real, the peril is real, man, it, it'll end you. What Raph, what I take from that is there is zero substitute for experience. Right. Zero. And anything that you do, there is zero substitute for except you get out there and you learn the process and you master it over time. There's no substitute. Uh, when I was listening, there was a, a there's a picture that kind of popped in my head and I, I Google it cause I want to get it right. But it's, it's so true, you know, and the three of us are military guys and, you know, it's different now versus it was back in like, you know, the crusades time, but it says uh, a knight in shining armor is a man who has never had his metal truly tested. Right. And you think about it, like you go back to like the movies where it's like the knight, you know, the, the best warrior, you know, his armor is all, is all, you know, beat up and dirty and there's chunks missing and he's like pieced together or whatever because he's been through it but he's also the greatest warrior and everybody knows it you know um 
versus, you know, the guy that just got out of the brand new Knight Military Academy and he's got shiny armor. There's no dents. There's no nothing. And he's walking around like, I, I'm this and you better respect me and all this shit. And then like all the people, you know, uh, was it in Braveheart, William Wallace or Mel Gibson, you know, same people. Uh, he goes, you know, men don't follow titles. They follow courage. And, you know, that's reputation. When they see people that are courageous enough to go through the hard and, and choose that path, it's inspiring. And it's like, man, I want to be a part of that. People want to buy in when, when they're around people like that versus the superficial. Well, look at me. I, you know, I already got this minimum effort and walking around and people are like, who are you bullshitting, dude? Like, you're not fooling anybody. I've been here just as long as you have. And we all know who you are and what your reputation is and what your work ethic is and how you talk to people and treat people and do all this shit. Like, nobody fucking cares, you know? And I and I want to jump into, you know, the skipping it part. You know, we, we had some really good points on, like, why we should earn it. But let's look at skipping it. So the the people that are saying, ah, eh, no, nah, I don't need to do that. I can just skip you know, B and C and go right to D and everybody will fall for it. Like everybody will get, all right. There are some benefits to skipping it, right? And I wrote down a couple. Uh, You're going to get your initial compliment. So if I go into a room and we're sitting in a room and I said, oh, hey, I'm this. And I'm I'm clearly not, but I say it. There's probably a couple of people that are going to in there go, oh, wow. Wow, really? Wow, that's so interesting, right? And you're going to get your initial wow moment that a lot of people want to feel important, right? You're going to get your instant gratification. So you're going to feel good about yourself for a whole like five to 10 seconds. Uh, it's painless. You don't have to experience pain. You don't have to go through a hardship and stay up all night worrying or anything. You can just say something or do something and give the illusion and have no pain. And you're not going to waste a lot of time. You're going to save some of your time, right? So that's a, that, that's a positive, right? Now let's flip it around and let's look at some hard truths about skipping it. And we've already talked about a few of them. Uh, it's all about you. All you care about is how you look and around the world and you don't care about other people's success, their emotions, their feelings, their relationship or nothing. It's all about you. How do I look? How do I sound? Well, I, you know, I'm good. I'm happy as long as I'm good. Um, that's a shitty, shitty way to be. You're going to have false confidence. Right. So we kind of talked about, you know, with the false confidence with surfing, false confidence with base jumping and skydiving. If you feel it's like, oh, yeah, hey, I can go do that, whatever. Inside, you're really going, holy shit, I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. Oh, my God. I'm not going to let anybody around me see it. Right. And it's like, oh, I'll fake it till I'll make it. And then you're jumping off the cliff and you, and you completely forget to pull your chute. Or you totally enter the wave wrong and then you fucked it up because you missed three steps that you were supposed to do before you stood up, uh, you know, doing whatever. Uh, that leads to false toughness, right? You walk around and, you know, this liver king dude, whatever. I know who he is, but I don't give him two, like two seconds of the fucking day. But when I walk around and I see these people that are just like, you know, these physical phenoms and I'm not knocking you for physical health. But it's this impression that they're giving off of just like, oh, I'm this big, tough, pretty boy. Everything's super nice and, you know, whatever. And they're walking around like they're supposed to be something. I can look at them and I just try to do an assessment like, yeah, you might be big and strong. You might look all fancy and shit, but I, your character is dog shit. Like, you don't care about anybody else in this room about yourself. When you're at the gym and I, and I sent pictures, this drives me fucking crazy. This drives me nuts. And I really try to not make it a big deal because... 
I don't want to waste energy on it, but I literally send pictures to Raph and Mel and I'm like, look at these fucking turds. <laughs> at the gym and there's one dude in there and he's in his little spaghetti straps and all the shit doing his fucking squats and you know and and he's like 22 years old works at starbucks i'm not knocking working okay i'm just saying life experience not a lot and he's in there and then there's this like this 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 chubby guy fully clothed with a, like a selfie stick videotaping him doing reps on on a machine in front of the whole gym like what are you doing? Like, I don't like, are you, are you showing people that you can lift heavy things? Good. Are you actually doing instruction or are you just putting music over it? Like looking like you're successful? Good. Dude, you look like a 22 year old kid that has no life experience. You have nothing to offer me. I know I'm getting passionate here. God damn it. But, (laughs) but, but it's just like, what are you doing in there? Like that drives me nuts, man. Like you might be physically strong, but when I look at your other aspects of you, you're not strong. You're not aware of what's going on around you. You're not worrying about other people. You're you, like, you're still weak to me. I don't look at just physicality. I look at the whole man. And I'm just like, dude, if you're so concerned sitting here lifting weights while some random guy or your buddy is standing there like a jackass in front of the whole gym when you're taking these videos and you're acting like you're a big shot when everybody knows you're not, like, what fantasy land are you living in, dude? You're not contributing to shit in there, right? And that also leaves my best point is that in a timely manner, you will be exposed no matter what you do. If you fake yes. it, if you're you, something's going to come along and blow you right off your damn feet. And I love this little uh, story. So I heard this in church and I thought it was perfect carryover. We talk about strong roots, Right. And we're talking about longevity. And we talked about a farmer, right? That, 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 that That's what brought it up in my head. If you invest and build strong roots into the ground and you want to have a crop, right? And it's like, hey, this is solid. If weather comes in, a flood, whatever, that plant is going to stay strong through the adversity. But if you go to the store and you buy the same plant in a real fancy pot, you don't carry about the roots and you don't put it into the ground and make it a solid base that the flood's going to come by and pull it right up. It's going to wash away in that vase. All the pretty shit's gone. Now you're in a world of hurt and you have nothing, right? The point is something's going to come along to test you. You're not going to be prepared for it. You're not going to have any support around you and you're going to get exposed, and that's when the whole world that you know it, that you believe that it is, it's going to come crashing down around you and you're going to go, holy shit, I, I'm weak. I'm not prepared. I'm not whatever. And you're probably going to get depressed and like whatever. How do I know? Because I've been through it. Raph's been through it. Melon's been through it. Life humbles the shit out of you when you think you know everything. When you think that you got it all figured out. Something's going to come along and you're going to go, wow, I am not prepared for that. It's time to stop, reassess. Do the OODA loop that we talked about and start putting in the work in other areas and build strong roots in that part of your life. All right. Well, I think we're in raging agreement about the importance of the reps and the, you know, you can educate. You, you don't have to, you don't have to take the, you don't have to do all of the damage yourself. You don't have to try and reinvent the wheel. You can go and find mentors and educate yourself and study the 
people you admire most in these areas and emulate them. You don't have to have a hundred failures before you have your first success. That's for sure. But I think that all of us are talking about, um, you know, there's no shortcuts on in, in some of these things and to build lasting success is going to necessitate character ethic and it's going to necessitate effort and mastery and that you will have a reputation that will go with it. Before we finish, I wanted to talk about what about in the situations where someone has unfairly got a bad reputation, where there's perhaps a malicious person acting or there's rumours going around. What are you guys' thoughts there on reputation being a widespread belief about someone and when that can be a negative one and it's false? Raf, you want to jump in there? Yeah, so... I've always had this, uh, I remember reading, it wasn't really a meme, it was like a poster, but it's always stuck with me. And it's just a picture of a, I think I might have talked about it on the show before, but it's a picture of a lion. It's like, you know, you're basically taking a picture of a lion that's charging the lens. And it says, you know, the truth doesn't doesn't need to be defended. It's like a lion, it'll defend itself. So even if someone is spreading false information about you, if your character, if your principles, if your constitution are, are, you know, steadfast and nothing about you has changed, let's say you've been doing the same thing over and over again, you know, eventually the truth may, you know, eventually the truth will come out, not may, it will come out. Um, and people will start to realize that whatever slandering was thrown in your direction isn't really accurate because it's not sticking. Like, wait a minute, they said he was a selfish prick, but yet he just shared a sandwich with me. Wait, they just said he's... He's lazy, but he's literally been leading the group and everything we've done in the last three projects. You know, like, again, it, if your fundamental, if your basic fundamentals and principles and constitution are all, you know, in sync with each other and you're, and you're like, you, like Mike alluded to earlier, if you're putting others before yourself, it, that will show itself. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can't really get to look, we're all human and it sucks to be spoken about in a negative way or a negative light. But the truth is you really can't waste too much time and energy on that because just keep doing, just, just keep doing what you're doing. The, the truth will come out, you know, and let's say that there is maybe, you know, that came from maybe a day that you spent where you just, you weren't at your, you weren't at your best. Like maybe you woke up and you're 68 minutes later, whatever. I mean, you know, people judge you <laughs> off these salacious you know, whatever, just, you know, just keep delivering the goods, man. And eventually either people will forget or people will change their minds. Uh, if they were the ones that were, you know, stroking you in a bad light or the people that had no idea either way or the other can be like, wait a minute, this dude's solid or this, this chick is solid. Like I, where's all this coming from? Right. Um, in the art, and I'll just touch on this real quick in the military, it's notorious for this. And I'm sure it's like this in every other big organization, but you know, I did. Un- I started to understand that in the military, if you're if you're a female, and God forbid you're attractive, somehow you're immediately a slut the minute you were hanging out with some guy or whatever. It's, I always found it really comical that, you know, like for some reason, and I really feel bad for women. Um, you know, if you saw you know a half attractive woman with wh- whoever she decided to hang out with, you know, whether it was someone in her team or not in her team, immediately there was all this like schoolyard type fucking gossip. And, and uh, I just thought it was so unfair. You know, I was like, it's just, it's where, where's all this coming from? Like, it's just, it's so, it's so stupid. And literally once you got to meet these women, you start to realize, you know, it literally all the rumors you had heard about them, none of them were true. Mm -hmm. You know, none of them, like not a single one. Um, 
which is, it was pretty funny, but anyways, I just, that just comes to mind about just people being insecure and manifesting their insecurities on other people and just basically just talking shit. And that's just, it's just human nature, man. You have to learn how to navigate around that stuff. I think that that is such a great point, Raf. The truth doesn't need to be defended. The truth will defend itself. And I really feel like that as well. I feel like if you are consistent and this is where the consistency and the effort across a period of time is going to count, there's going to be other people who who know you well that are going to speak out in your defense if that needs to be done. Or as you say, just that momentum and consistency is going to have its own ability to to quieten those uh, snapping mouths, you know. Did you have any other points on this one, Mike, just around like an unfair, um, unfairly gained negative reputation or as Raph was talking there about a bit of slander perhaps? No, I, I honestly think Raph nailed it. Uh, I think there's always a point in everybody's life when we don't meet the mark <clears throat> and somebody's going to say something negative about us. Like everybody's going to feel that everybody's going to go through something where you just don't meet the mark. Most likely because you don't understand what's going on. You're not, again, you don't have the life experience yet. Uh, you were too emotional. You know, you weren't your best self, all, all these different things. We're all going to experience that moment. Uh, but yeah, I truly believe it that you can have your worst day, but then you wake up the next day and you try again and you're just honest and own it. Like, yeah, I know I wasn't. Hey, I know you think that I was a piece of shit yesterday. You know what? I was. And I just had a bad day. I woke up late. I did this. I did that. Like Whatever kicked you off and just own it. And you're like, but I'm going to be better today. And I apologize. Right. Shit. Really? You just owned up to something you did wrong. Okay. Hey, I like you. You know what I mean? Like it could be, it could be as simple as that as ownership and having that person around that one instant is not going to define you the rest of your life. Right. So practice that, have some humility, own up to certain things, be honest with the people that you love, that you care about. Uh, and that's always going to shine through and they're going to remember that, you know? So I, I thought it was great, great points and ref, ref nailed it. I was just going to add to that because I think the the second half of this conversation was on the and Mike specifically you said you know are there any benefits to skipping the steps right skipping B and C to get to D and my answer to that is really positively none there are no benefits whatsoever like they're really like, even if you were successful let's say that you lied on a resume and you got the job and you decided to become really good or you ended up getting becoming really good at this job um, you just got lucky. That's how I would see it. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think you somehow gained the system. I literally think you just got lucky. Like that's all, that's all it was. Because I think at the end of the day, reputation is three things. It's a currency. It's, um, it's fragile. Meaning we know that, you know, it's like, uh, was it, was it Hamilton or whoever said it? That Franklin. Know, Benjamin Franklin. Franklin. Yeah. There you go. Benjamin Franklin. Um, you could lose it. Uh, over one bad moment and it's also invaluable you need it like it's not something that you can go through life without you need a good you need a solid reputation to help you through this life that's off i think that that's a an awesome uh point to finish on with mike's bit there that you know you can get out ahead of this stuff 
you've had a bad day. We've all, we're all going to have bad days. You have a bad interaction with someone and they're, they're left with an, a, a bad impression of you. you. You can take the wind out of the sails there by just owning that, exercising your integrity, righting the wrongs, letting people know where you went wrong and what your commitments are in the future to, to make a difference. And that's going to add to your reputation. You know, I mean, that's going to be another one of the difficult reps that people respect seeing someone around them do. And we all know we're going to mess up too. And if you've got someone on your team who puts a hand up when they do mess up, you know, they, they t- like in, in aviation, RAF, you know, they talk about uh, overstressing the aircraft, or whatever. And they're, they're honest. When, when no one would have caught them, they still fess up. And you're like, man, I want to keep that guy on the squadron because we know these aircraft are going to be safe. You know, we're not having people cover things up. So that's a really good way to look at it there, Mike. You know, as an opportunity to, to, to do another rep and to build your reputation in another area that counts. All right, reputation. A widespread belief that people have about a person or a, a product perhaps or a brand that it has a particular characteristic and it comes from the Latin reputare, which is to think over. How's your reputation stacking up? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking myself here about conversations I could have to tidy up areas and uh, try and move forward. And I think we've really worked to expose here our thoughts around the character ethic and that there there is no shortcut. Anything you, anything you get quickly with a bit of bullshit in the background is going to cost you ultimately, and I don't think you're going to keep the gains. You're not going to get to know yourself as a person of integrity and, uh, you know, that you, you're a trustworthy person who can do the reps. Is there any final thoughts you wanted to leave people with here? Mike, it was your topic. I think it was an excellent one. Uh, I usually try to do a challenge or whatever, but I don't know. I, I guess I would challenge people to do a self-assessment of your reputation, like an honest, no shit one. Uh, look at the people around you. Do you have a lot of friends? Do you have a lot of people that are always asking you to go do stuff when you are in a room full of people? Are you one of the first ones that they pick or say, hey, I want this guy on the project or on the team or whatever? And if you're not, evaluate why. Why don't these people want me around? Why don't they want me around their kids? Why don't they want me around at work? Why didn't I get the invite to the Super Bowl party? You know, like whatever it is. And start looking at yourself. Be like, man, maybe it's me. Maybe I need to change some stuff. Maybe I haven't been treating people the right way or presenting myself in the best manner for the environment that I'm trying, whether it's professional or personal. And I would say that's a good place to start. You know, I I know the three of us just having this conversation, I can see the wheels turning and Melon's like, man, I got to have some conversations, you know? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I would say start there. Right stuff. How about you there, Tio? Any last uh, thoughts you want to leave people with? No, and I think we mostly just, I think we, this is, again, this is a topic we can go on for hours and hours. Um, and it's an important one, but I think for the most, mo- most part, we hit the, uh, the broad strokes on some of the highlights. So yeah, other than that, I've just got to say, uh, I think for the Super Bowl, I'm cheering for the Rochester Spackletail Wombat Killers because I think that's who's playing, right? Mike, am I, am I close? <laughs> Something like that. The dingoes, the koalas, and eagles, and I don't know the I don't know something with a C, and it's like a four letter, five letter word, or something. I don't know. Champ, champ, yeah, yeah the champs. That's it. Champs. All right. Well, 
for everyone who's uh, stopped by and, and, and listen, we really appreciate your time. Like we know it's precious and, and we never take it for granted. Uh, send through any questions you have for us. We'll maybe we'll work it into a future episode. And, and there's been a number of people who've been appearing on here who are, uh, you know, have been listeners and became uh, participants of the conversation. And I'm just going to finish by saying, I think I know Raf is going to about to enjoy a beautiful breakfast is what I, that's what I'm reading the tea leaves. I think I've seen maybe your mum in the background and I've just been thinking, man, I wish I was in Southern California right now for some beautiful home-cooked food. Anyway, until next week, take care and uh, good luck.